Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hockey friends and families around the world, welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. That's Christy Casciano, Burns, and Mike Benelli, and I'm Lee Elias. Hopefully this isn't your first episode, but if it is, welcome. want to thank you all for being here. We want to thank you for liking and subscribing and all the fun things that we always tell you to do at the beginning of a podcast. Got a really great topic today. This one kind of came up out of nowhere, but it's one we want to talk about. We think it's going to benefit you greatly, and it's how to coach, manage, or parent when you're overwhelmed. You know, and, and we'll start this off with a little bit of a story. This is something that I know all three of us have had dealt with at one time or another in our lives. You know, you start the season with mind, one mindset. You know how the season's going to go. You got a plan in place. Everything's ready. And then it just gets completely blown up right after the first couple of the games, whatever, for whatever reason. Maybe you're not as good as you thought you were. Maybe you lost a player or multiple players to injury, or maybe they went to another team. Maybe the tactics you're using aren't working. Whatever it is, things can pile up very quickly. And it can be overwhelming. And what we want to do in this episode is teach you how to attack this situation to ensure a good season. Because what I find happens a lot of times is when the leaders are not prepared, they start to trip over each other. Uh, you know, tension goes up. And before you know it, it's December and the season's kind of out of reach already. So there are some things you can do to jump on top of that right away and make sure that you are prepared, that you get your team prepared, that you get the right mindset to right the ship, if you will to keep the season going the way you want it to go. So the first topic to do this, right? And again, I want to paint the scenario. And it, but funny enough, guys, I'm actually working with several teams this year facing this, right? Where the first couple of games have gone by and we're just not where we want to be for whatever reason, right? First thing we have to do, take a step back, a big step back, really figure out what is the win for the season, right? Everybody wants to win championships. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great goal, all right? I'm not saying that you should change your goal to not doing that. But what is the real win for the season? Is it graduating players? Is it kids getting better? Is it just the kids are smiling and having fun at the end of the season? Mike, I'll start with you. I think the first thing you have to do with any season, whether you're in this position or not, is make sure you identify a realistic win for the year. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that really goes back to your basic, you know, what is your goal setting going to do? You know, how are you going to establish, you know, where you want to be throughout the season? But I also think you have to preface it, especially, you know, at the youth hockey level, when you're dealing with parents on a one-on-one -on -one basis that you know, don't allow even day, daily, right. Issues to keep festering and going on without addressing them. Right. And I think because you can have, you know, I, I, I used to joke around that my, the, the worst case scenario for me was to have a successful first weekend and destroy every team we played 
because then now the expectations are, well, that's who we are. Right. And, and if, if you can manipulate your schedule, if you're fortunate enough to be able to manipulate your schedule to know, you know, where your team might end up, you can actually help, help with that. But I think if you can get the parents to understand that there is uh, and it is, it's a whole educational piece, right? That there's a long process, believe in the process, you know, believe in, you know, the fact that at the end of the year, we want to be somewhere and it might not be a championship, but it's going to be a win somehow one way or another, you know, we're going to accomplish these goals. Some of them may result in the championship. Some may result in your son or daughter, just getting better. Some may result in your, your son or daughter continuing to play hockey. Um, and some, some may result in you finding out that they don't want to continue to play hockey. But I think if there's that, if there's that communication though, between everyone immediately and quickly, Rather than, you know, I've, I think I've said this before is, you know, don't come to me in April telling me how bad September was. And, you know, you need to address it as you go. And I think, um, you know, because we all have, I mean, I, I mean, I know me as a head coach, I forget that there's 18 other parents that also have a lot of issues going on and, and a right. lot of stress. And, and they're having, uh, you know, time to try to juggle and my expectations for what I expect out of them. Uh, it, it, it might be different too, because I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't realize sometimes if somebody's lost a job or lost a loved one or is, is having a, a student at home that's struggling academically and they're fighting whether they should be playing a sport or not. There's so many other pieces that go on, but I think it all, the overall theme and that overrides everything is just communication. Right. And if you can do that and, and have a conversation and open, uh, it's going to help you in any of these scenarios. Right. And Mike, this is this goes back to the beginning of the season. It's so important to go to one of those preseason meetings. They used to be mandatory for parents every year for the kids, but mandatory for one parent. I would suggest you both go because I might go and get a bunch of information, digest it, absorb it, and then go home and tell John and I may forget pieces of it. Or maybe my take wasn't exactly what he would have gotten out of it. Because you're kind of on different levels with your expectations for hockey. You know, I wanted one thing for the kids and, you know, John was looking for something else. It's really good for both of you if you can go to those meetings and, and don't skip it and just take the pamphlet and say, okay, I'll read what the coach said and I'm done with it. Check the box. You should go there. Ask questions. Figure out what is expected of the season where do you want to go with this and take part in the process that is so important i see so many parents who just sit back and watch and then they're frustrated in the middle of the season this isn't what i expected hey how come we're not doing this why aren't our kids doing this well if you were at the meeting when all this was explained <laughs> you wouldn't be so frustrated right how That's often a great did you way. see that like yeah i mean i think the meeting too the, i think the, i think the meeting too has to be that we might be having more meetings. I mean, we might be having more co continuing conversations. It can't be, to, to Lee said it in the beginning, right? That what you thought was going to happen in your team meeting in August and September, um, you know, might need to be reevaluated. I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with a situation right now. We lost four players already to injury. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, four players and, and they're all yeah. little, you know, they're not major, you know, broken legs and things, but they're, they're just little nagging, missing this player, missing that player. Uh, hey, why? How come we can't work on the power play? I don't know. Four of the guys that would be on the power play haven't been in practice in two weeks. So you know, it's just it's just all it's all a matter of perspective and where you are with your team. If you're if you're a prep school coach or a college coach, 
you know, or a junior coach where you have your players every day and they're accessible to you and they live with you and they eat with you and they sleep on the same sleep schedules, then that's a different, it's a whole different scenario in coaching. If you're a youth hockey coach and you're, your practice, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday practice actually interferes with people's lives. And, and every week it's somebody different. You have to adjust to that. It all, so it all depends on the level you're at. And I think, you know, Christy, you, you, that's a great point. Like, you know, my, I'm always asked to go to like parent teacher conferences, right? Because, and my wife always goes because I come back, I'm like, I don't know. They're, they got their books and she seems <laughs> to know what she's doing. They seem to know what they're doing. They have uh, I, I'm a little upset. They don't have recess as much as they should, but you know, they seem like they're getting by. She's like, well, did you ask about this? Did you ask right. about this? Did you ask about this? I'm like, no. I don't want to ask. I don't yeah. want to be bothered with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't know. They're, they're, they're the professionals. I figured they know what they're doing. Why would right. I ask? Hey, honey, here's the pamphlet. Just read the pamphlet. It'll take care read of the it pamphlet. all. Right? Yeah, here's your goal. Think, Get my kid to the next grade. Why didn't you, you, know, why didn't you <laughs> ask him about how many times were well, why do we need to know that? Oh, gee, I don't know, because I might have to take the weekend off. I remember telling my son's first grade teacher, I need him to read, I need him to write and be able to do basic math. And this is during, during the <laughs> pandemic. I was like, if you get on there, I think we're doing a pretty good job, you know? Um, yeah, so being prepared is obviously pretty important. And I think that sometimes too, and this is kind of for, for everybody, um, one of the things that happens is you have a bad game or two, or Mike, like you said, a couple of players get injured and then suddenly you're thinking about February and March, like we'll never get there. Um, and the truth is that that's probably not the way you should approach it. Right. I just had this conversation with another coach about, you know, he was concerned about our end of season goals. And I said, well, like, we don't need to worry about end of season goals right now. We're not, we're not there. If we focus too much on what we thought we were going to do, we'll definitely never get there because we'll be rushing. We'll skip over steps. And it's just a, a feeling of non-belief, right? What we need to do is bring this back a little bit, make sure a, that our win is still realistic or where do we think it is and then start taking the steps and the approaches to get back to where we wanted to be or move forward again. So sometimes when your end goal doesn't seem like it's within reach, you don't blow the whole season up right away. You got to bring it back and kind of think about it one step at a time. And I think one of the first steps, uh, Mike, I'll do this to you is to look at what you're doing and maybe to delegate some responsibilities if possible. Now, with that said, I know there are coaching staffs out there of one. I know there are coaching staffs, staffs out there of 10, right? A lot of this comes down to how much time you have and who's there, but you want to think about what are the things we need to do now and delegate responsibility. I'll give you a quick example. All right. Uh, without naming names, one of the teams I work with uh, has one, one of the best tacticians I've ever worked with, and he needs to be on his game in order for us to win games, especially when we're down players or things aren't going the way they're, they're supposed to. And when we spoke last, um, I, th I thought it was a little, he was a little overwhelmed, right? I thought he was a little overwhelmed. And I said, listen, what do we need to take off your plate so you can focus on the game tactically, right? Cause that's where you really shine. And if you're not spending time on that, we're going to lose more games. Right. And I remember the response was, I can't do that. I can't do this. I said, no, really let's write it all out. All the things you got to do and let's delegate. I said, I'll help with this. Someone else can help with that because you must be on your game tactically. And, and I, I kind of got the eye, eyebrow raise of recognition after that. I'm like, you know, you're right. I do need to do that. And look, I still don't think he's spending his not enough time on the tactics, but the message was there. That's what he does really well. The moral of the story I'm telling you is this. You don't have to do it all, even if you think you have to do it all. And you have to identify what are the important things to focus on if you're going to move forward. Again, at the youth level, Mike, I'll start with you. This can be really jumbled. You might have Again, very small coaching staff. You might have parents down your back. 
you know, how do you approach that as a coach when maybe things aren't going the way you want them to go? Yeah. So I, I, even in a lot of seminars I do for parent and, and coaching relationships, trying to get those people on board early because parents do want to help. You know, the, the problem is most of them want to help you with the power play, but, but most, <laughs> but most want to help. Shoot the puck, right? Let's shoot the puck. Yeah. Well, Mike, we, we really should be looking at this. I go, and, that, and that's great. And I said, you know, you, you, you always have to, you know, the, 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 the juggling act is how can you leverage the good parents you have that want to help and then, right. then meet them with the goal of finding what they can actually help with. Like me, like I, and I, I know a lot of my parents probably for years would, you know, be a little under the collar, you know, if they said, oh, you know, who are we playing next week again? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to worry about who we're playing today. Like I literally am not scouting right. a, a 10U season out and figure out who we're playing and who played what. Now there are parents that will do that. So I'm like, well, can you, you could do that. If you want to let us know who they played, you know, what their record is, who their strongest players are. If you want to spend time on a live barn watching, you know, a, a 10U game, go right ahead. But I said, that's just not, you know, that's not, you know, something I'll do. But I think delegating out, you know, who's going to be coordinating the tournaments, who's right. going to be coordinating the meals, who's going to be coordinating that all the kids got their uniforms on time, who's going to do the team picture. There's all this the whole different, who's going to, the, the dreaded, you know, who's going to run the clock uh, on the weekend, you know, for us. Not the you clock. Know, not the clock. Don't show me that. Like I'll do anything else, but don't, you know. Anything but the clock. When, they, when, you, when the parents, I sent an email out this weekend saying, oh, so-and-so, you know, it's going to only be here Saturday. Is there anybody can volunteer for Sunday? It was like crickets. Uh, I was like, you know, it's like, you know but, but that's poor planning on my part. I mean, that's something I should have, you know, thought about ahead of time and said, okay, well, I have a lot of parents that don't want to do this. So we can do one of two things, right? I can pay somebody and say, okay, mom and dad, we're all forking out $150 each for the season. And we're going to hire somebody to go do our clocks at home games, whether a junior player or a midget player, or we have to take that responsibility. And, but again, if you're thinking about it five minutes before the game, like right. the guy did yesterday, um, you're going to be in trouble because it's just, uh, you know, and then, and then everybody gets hot, right? Because then I'll say, well, I'll do the clock. If nobody wants to do the clock, I'll do the clock. But guess what? I'm not coaching the game then. So, but that's poor planning on my side. And I think, I think that's where if we can, and that adds stress that adds undue pressure to maybe a, a game that doesn't need that pressure ahead of time. Um, right. All those little things. And in high school, we always had sign up sheets for right. the volunteer work because we would do a team dinner before our home games. So every parent would sign up for that home game to prepare, prepare a really great meal for the kids. And it would be right in the, the school cafeteria, but everybody was assigned, or even at the rink, because they had a nice area at the rink. Um, so, you know, of course I'd make my uh, Italian feast and it was always very popular, but it was really easy when you had the sign-up sheet in the beginning of the season, yeah. then right away you can look at it. And if there was a conflict then you could try and switch as a parent, hey, I can't do next Saturday. Can I switch with you? And the parents work it out. So sign-up sheets are great for the volunteer end of it. For the clockwork, you raise a really great point because everyone hates that job. But then if you pose them the question, well, do you want to fork over $150 to pay somebody? I bet your parents would step up. I think you're right. Yeah, or or the one or the one parent will say, "Here, I'll pay for the whole thing. I don't care." It's like the fundraising conversation we yeah. have. Right? I haven't but had that happen yet, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, well, <laughs> I, I just, we're we're hopeful, right? But I think I think the 
I think the, 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 the over, it's just, it just goes back to, you know, if you want to have less stress, I say this to the kids all the time that play for me. Okay. What do you, you're coming to the bench. You have one stick. So how much stress is this going to be for me, for you, for mom, for dad, when that stick breaks in the middle of a game and you tell me, where's your stick? Oh, it's in the car. Well, you're just adding stress. So let's right. just, let's just take care of this now. So I don't have to worry about it later. And I think it's the same thing for a season. Let's just make sure that parents, you know, step up, help out if they can't, then find alternatives to do that or eliminate it and say, this is why we're eliminating this piece of what we do. We're eliminating team meals because we're unable to have a functional team right. sign up sheet. You know, I, I want right. to say this too, guys. And, and uh, again, for those of you maybe listening for the first time, my, my son's playing on an 8U team, right? And I got to be honest with you, I'm super impressed so far with our team manager, our coach, and our coaching staff. Uh, there's really a lack of ego, which is great. Uh, our team yeah. manager, uh, who's a mom on the team, is willing to do anything she can. And it's obvious, right? She's going out of her way to do anything she can. She has a really great rapport with the head coach. Uh, and I think above all, there's really, really clear communication to the parents. I mean, one of the things we don't talk about enough on the show, you know, when we were all growing up, we didn't have apps. We didn't have phones. Like we use team snap now, clear communication. We can find games. We can find practices. It's, it's, I, I mean, this. it's never been easier to communicate. All right. So communication really should not be a problem in today's coaching world. All right. Now, one, one thing I do know that can be a problem. It's not so much on, on our team is ego. All right. And, 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 and look, you're going to run into this on, on every team you're on, even the good ones, right. Where ego is there and ego can manifest itself in a lot of ways. Head coaches can have ego about what they're supposed to be doing. Assistant coaches can have ego about where they're supposed to be. Parents can have ego about how we're supposed to play. Players can have ego about what I'm supposed to be doing on the ice. It's a natural progression um, as a coach. And this really is the coach's job. Your job is to temper those egos and try and, and manifest them in a way that's going to be great for your team. All right. Uh, and, and you can do that one by setting realistic expectations and be by communicating, right? Like one of the things I, I tell head coaches I work with, cause I'm typically assistant coaches. I'm an assistant coach nowadays. I tell them really early on, I have no aspirations to be in your position. I have no aspirations to take the U18 team. You know, now that we're doing eight, you, you know, I just love, this is why I'm doing it. My son's on the team. I have some experience in the game. This is why I'm here. I'm here to support you. Assistant coaches out there, how often do you go up to the head coach and say, I'm here to support you, right? I don't care if you think that's wishy-washy. It's a really important thing to say. And head coaches, how often do you go to your assistants? I appreciate you and what you bring to the table. It's not a kumbaya thing. It's an establishment of these are the roles that we've placed for ourselves, and this is how we're going to work together. The head coach on this 8U team, I give him a lot of credit. He's a really good guy, a really good coach, really understands the fundamental of what 8U hockey is all about. I think the thing I admire about him most is that he actually uh, comes up to me and asks for my advice. I don't admire him because it's me. I admire him because he's willing to make himself vulnerable to someone who works in the game and say, hey, what can I be doing better? That's a great coach. Is a coach who knows he can be better and wants to be better. And we have a great working relationship, right? And again, we're only a few games into the season. Uh, you know, we're kind of like 500. We're trying to figure out like most might teams where we fit, right? But there's no panic. There, there's just a lot of look, looking at the team and saying, okay, how can we work better together to get to the next step, right? So delegating is very important, but I think really what we should be saying is trying to remove the egos. Parents, you, you, have, you have to do this too. I'll admit it's very hard when your kid is on the team. All right. We all want the best for, for what's for the, for your kid on the team. But Mike, as you said, there's that great Robin Williams quote, 
Um, and, and you can apply this to all walks of life, not just hockey, but it's everyone's going through something you have no idea about. Be kind. All right. I often think of this guys and Christy, I want to get your thoughts on this after this too. When I'm in traffic and I get cut off or someone gives me the bird and it's just really you're driving aggressively for no reason. I, I've removed ego from those situations. When I was younger, oh, I'd be on the horn cursing back. You know, you're trying to cut me off. Nowadays, I'm just kind of like, peace be with you. Because I don't know what's going on in that person's life. Maybe they're just an a-hole. That's possible too. But I don't know. I don't know if they just got divorced. I don't know what's going on in their life. Right? And, and again, like, as long as they don't hit my car, all right, whatever, man. You, you're going to get there about 12 seconds before I do. But that's okay. Enjoy your day. You know, you got to really think about this. Coaches have issues too, right? Coaches feel the pressure too. Christy, parents feel this as well. Yeah, but when that happens to me, I swear in Italian and give them the Molloy. So yeah, I guess I, I haven't learned it. my lesson yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever cut uh, anybody yeah. off? I'd love to see you cut someone off, Christy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't cut me off. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. you really, it, you know, it, sometimes it helps just to do some meditation. I right. swear by it. Uh, just kind of, if you feel like you're just losing it, just kind of control yourself, take some deep breaths, think some lovely thoughts, and let it go. As this one coach once told our kids, and I just love this line, because they get, you know, my, my son's team, they're a bunch of hotheads on the team, and, you know, they got penalty, they, you know, well, they had potty mouths. Um, <laughs> so, and the, and the coach would pull them off the side, and, and this is what he told them at the beginning of the season, if things get out of control, you're just losing it. I want you to flush it, flush it, just let it go, let it go. And the boys remember that. So every time they kind of got out of control, he'd use the symbol, flush it. Flush it. <laughs> and that was their cue. <laughs> and they would just control themselves and maybe talk to them afterwards. It's really not worth it. You know, if you yeah. end up in the penalty box, that's going to hurt us more than anything. So you know, remember the penalties can really hurt your game. So you got to control your anger. Um, he was a great coach, though. He really kind of helped the boys learn how to uh, maintain their anger issues. And you know, as you know, Mike, it gets heated out there, you know, and it's very easy to just light a match, you know, to that fuse and, uh, and the kids get out of control. So if you can help them deal with that, because that's going to help them later in life when they're stuck in traffic and someone cuts them off. Same thing. Go back to that training from that coach who taught me how to, how to maintain and to flush it. Can flush it. <laughs> you know, Christy, I, 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 Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this too. You're actually segueing uh, unknowingly into the next part of this, which is great. You know, and it was going to talk about present moment awareness and kind of the stigma surrounding the mental side of sports, you know, and for, for the older coaches out there, even the younger ones that were raised by older coaches, this is something that's going to be dramatically changing in sport, not just hockey over the next 10 years. And, and I, I hear a lot of people denying the science behind present moment awareness, meditation, um, and whatever you want to call it, mental fitness, right? Um, and there's a stigma that that is weakness, that, that if you show any type of uh, vulnerability to this stuff, it's a weakness. I'm telling you right now, you can mark the date. The date is September 20th, 2021. By 2031, this is going to be a major tactic to winning and coaching in sports is the way you keep mental fitness in the game. Um, now, what is present moment awareness? Let's just define that real quick for our audience, okay? Um, I always say it like this. There's the past, there's the future, and the present. 
The past has already happened. The future has not yet. The only thing that's really your reality, your only reality is the present moment. I have kids. I love them. Right now I'm doing this show. My only reality is this show. Doesn't mean I don't love my kids or care about them. But this show right now, speaking with you two in this audience, that is the reality because we're in the present moment. That's how I stay focused. We often talk, the three of us, by the way, listeners, that we love doing this show because it takes us away from some of the stresses of our daily lives. We can, we can come do our kids play hockey and for an hour we can relax. Um, present moment awareness is insanely important. You reflect on the past, you look to the future, but you stay in the present moment. Quick story, if I may. Um, I remember we were coaching in a championship game in Europe. There's 10,000 people there. We went in four to two. I might've told this story before, um, but it's, it's the key point of this because this is really when I learned the power of this. And I remember we're up four to two and the other team scored. It was four to three. This is a big stakes hockey game. It is for a national championship in another country. And I remember for a, a quick second, it seemed like an eternity. I had this seed of doubt plant in my head that, oh man, they're going to tie it up and they're going to come back. And I just felt that, right? And I don't know how the clairvoyancy for this, it was divine influence or not, but I kind of snapped out of it really quick. And I said this to myself, how amazing is it that I am on a bench in a professional hockey game? There's 10,000 screaming fans and I'm here right now in this moment. All of the stress immediately went away. I got right back on my game. I tell people, you know, it doesn't matter if we won or not. We did win. All right. We did win the championship. But my point is, is that was how I snapped back. If I had kept going, if I had kept thinking about that, not only would it have been bad for me in my job, but players pick up on that stuff big time. If a coach looks worried, the players start to get worried. You can take the money to the bank on that one. Now, again, this was probably only for 10 seconds. I was thinking this seemed like forever, but present moment awareness, right? I do that now on the bench. All right. If, if the, oh, I'm in front of 10,000 people kind of thing isn't your jam, then present moment awareness for you on the bench is, okay, what is the next thing I need to focus on to help our team succeed in this game? Whether it's winning or helping a young kid out. It's so important you learn to do this in your life. Uh, and again, the last example, and then Mike, I'll throw it to you, is this. Have you ever been reading a book? We've all done this. You've been reading a book and suddenly you realize you read five pages, but you didn't retain any of it. You didn't really read any of it. You, you, you read the words in your head, but you didn't retain any of it. You left the present moment if that's happened to you. I don't even know where you went. You don't even know where you went. All you know is it comes back. You're like, wait, I didn't read any of that. Let me go back. Let me go back. <laughs> this on TV, okay? So it's so, it's so, it's like a whisper to leave the present moment. The key is just being aware of it first. And then you have to continually practice snapping back to it, okay? Our minds are unbelievably complex and weird places and you're not the voices in your head all right you, your voice i'll tell you i gotta worry about this thing two days from mike you said it before what about next weekend's games man well, i'm in this weekend's games what are you going to next weekend we haven't even played this game yet it, we're all guilty of doing it all right including me all right i practice this all the time i still do it every day I slip in and out right the first key is to realize you're not in the present moment most of the time yeah. And this goes back to what I said to start this segment. That's your only reality. When you're with your kids, are you really with your kids? Right? When you're, when you're coaching a game, are you really there? Or are you worried about three shifts from now? Right? Present moment awareness. For more on present moment awareness, Mike Benelli. <laughs> what were you saying? Exactly. So, <laughs> what did you say? Huh? I was thinking about the next I, podcast. Our next podcast next week. About? <laughs> I was thinking about next week. Stay focused. 
Um, Can so, I just yeah. jump in real quick while Please. we're on that? Real Please. quick. I'm sorry, but I just give, had a give Mike a chance to think. I'm just remembering <laughs> when our girls were. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing the state championship and I was a bundle of nerves and I had butterflies in my stomach and then all of a sudden I stopped and I looked around and I said wait a minute soak in this incredible glorious moment look right. at our girls playing their hearts out no matter what happens they made it to the state championship and I looked around and I just absorbed the, what the parents were thinking and feeling and the girls and it's like it was just I relaxed and I just enjoyed it they ended up winning yeah. the state championship That's but awesome. even if they didn't it was okay okay go ahead Mike it always, I just it, it, always help, it always helps that it, it ends with a win but I think you know so we we we've been practicing this for quite a while now and I, I remember uh you know it was probably like four years ago five years ago now we had you said this one coach that worked with me and he was never in the present moment it was always in the past and it was always you know, we'd have a game on a Saturday and get beat up, right? And then the first thing, the pep talk for the next game was, okay, don't worry about yesterday. That was a bad result. You know, we, right. we, 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 really, we really had a horrible experience, but we're going to come back this year, you know, a bit. and then the two kids that didn't play in the game, like, well, what happened yesterday? And then it becomes this, oh, well, you should have saw it because so-and-so took a penalty, and then this person gave up a bad goal. And all of that negative energy, and these are 10-year-old kids, 8-year-old kids. I said, but they know they they live in the present. You got to live it. Your, your 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 children are in the present. They're not like, oh my god, this is going to cost me money down the road. And oh, you know. And remember last week. And that's the beauty about when we talk. Uh, you know, especially like in the stuff I do. Uh, you know, the fun stuff I do at USA Hockey about talking about you know where players are on the bench. And you hear the stories all the time, right? That you're losing a game, you know, five nothing, and you're losing your mind. And the kid turns around, is like are we getting popsicles after this game or, you know, like, where was that team party again? Did you know the snack, this snack bar has the best chocolate milk in, in the all of Connecticut, but I think, or, you know, hot chocolate. So I think this is like, think about where your children are. And Christy, you know, I, I had the exact same experience. We were in a state championship game at, you know, the Yale whale and, you know, thousands of kids and the game was on the line face off in the zone and you, and you just have to just reflect and say, wow, how cool is this? These kids have an opportunity to experience this. And, right. you know, we won because then the story doesn't really work. But it just, <laughs> it just but, but it's just, it's just, you, you hear it all the time when you hear. And I think, Lee, I think it's, I think it's sooner than 10 years. I think we're in it now, right? You think, of, you look at any successful, you know, superior elite athlete at any, right. in, in football, baseball, basketball, you talked to Michael Jordan was doing right. this. You know, back in the day where yeah, they he just, talk about this in the last dance that he was better at right. this than anyone Phil, else. Phil Jackson getting right. these guys, and it was kind of a, and again, it was looked at as like, oh, this guy, this Zen, yeah, you know, we Kumbaya. Know. yeah, but but the fact is, the ability to take the game and slow it down and it, appreciate the moment you're in, um, can be in anything. I, I, I could do that just recently with my own kids watching them just do something with a family member. I'm like, right. like, what an unbelievable moment this is hey. that I get to experience this. Yeah. And we should, and, and we got to think about that way in everything, you know, whether you're in the locker room, whether you're, you know, in a car ride, whether you're getting cut off, say really was, was that extra, was that extra tire length ahead of me changing my life? No. And you know, it's just, it's just a bit hard. It's a hard, you need, it's like anything else. You need to practice, 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 yeah. practice, practice. 
Well, and here's the funny thing about it. Kids are way, way better at this than adults are. In fact, we, we <laughs> lose it as we get adults. And you know where the kids learn to lose it? From us. Hurry up, get ready. We got to go. Hurry up, get ready. We got to go. All right, and then no, don't get me wrong. There are definitely times they need to hurry their butts up and get ready because we got to go. Like every single school day of every single school year ever made. Right. But, <laughs> all right. The, the, the point is this, is that uh, I always say this. It, I know everyone's dealt with this. You ever been talking to your kid and you look up and they just didn't hear anything you said? It's, it, it's not because they're not in the present moment. They're superbly in the present moment with whatever they're doing. It's just not you, right? They're just not focused on you. And, and I think another misconception, Mike, uh, and this is something I'm working on with my 8U team, and I'm really privileged to do this, and the head coach trusts me with it. I'm doing off-ice team building practices with them, and we're doing little meditation breaks between, like two minutes, nothing heavy. And they're awesome at it. They're awesome at it. I'm, like, blown away by how good they are at this. And a lot of it's because, you know, I start to think about it. It's like, well, they just, they don't have the life experience that an adult has had, and they don't have all the responsibilities an adult has had. So they're awesome at it. But I'm thinking, man, we haven't taught this enough. Now, going back to what you said about pro athletes uh, or just high-level athletes, yeah, the, the, the people at the top of their games are already doing this. But we are going to fight this. There is a stigma surrounding mental fitness and mental health, and it is becoming somewhat ridiculous now. Um, and again, look. Audience, this is something I'm suggesting you just look into on a base level because uh, there's different versions of it, right? There's different versions of it. It's not the kumbaya stuff all the time. Sometimes it's just focusing on a task and working really hard. This is the truth. If you've ever played sports, uh, and, and, and Christy, actually, you have to deal with this in the newsroom, and I, I guarantee it. We always say being in the zone. You've been in the zone, right? All athletes know when they've been in the zone. That is present moment awareness. We always talk about I was in the zone that game. You were completely focused. You were in the present moment strive to be in the zone all the time. You got to be careful with the voices in your head. And I, I, I just want to do this quick exercise with everybody. My two guinea pigs here, Christy Cashano-Burns and Mike Benoni, to prove to you how easy it is to slip out of the present moment, okay? And, 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 and how your mind works, because it's a really complex thing. But I want you guys to focus on me right now, okay? And I don't want you to get, I don't want you to get distracted. Audience, same thing, focus on my voice, okay? And I want you to think about the next game your kid has to play. Don't think about element, elephants. Don't think about elephants. Stop thinking about elephants. Why are you thinking about elephants? That's how easy it is to slip out of this. Your brain can't not work that way. If I say don't think about something, you're going to think about it. So, Mike, when I say don't worry about last game, don't worry about the horrific loss you had last game, what do you think about? So coaches, again, and parents, right? No one's perfect at this. Uh, Don't set a a bar too high for yourself with this. I'm just letting you know how easy this can be. Remember last game when you screwed up? Don't do that. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me. Like, that's the first thing you put in a kid's head. It's like, okay, we're going to work on all that bad stuff that you did yesterday. Well, well, I I said, I forgot. I forgot I did all that bad stuff. Now I just remembered I did all the bad stuff. Right. We do this. we, We do this in a lot. It's not just hockey. We do this in marriage. We do yeah. this, yeah. do this with your friends. All right. yeah, Remember yeah. that time you did this? Now I do. <laughs> or yeah. no. I had such an embarrassing not in the zone moment at work last week. And I can't believe I'm even sharing this, but <laughs> I, I read a story on the air. <laughs> what, what, what the heck? We're among friends, right? <laughs> so um, I read the story in the air. I think it was about, you know, this guy that got arrested for DWI, third of best, blah, blah, blah. I read it, right? I read the story in there. Then about two hours later, I stand up in the newsroom to the producer. I said, hey, can we put 
can we run this story about, I just, I just saw this on a competitor. There's a guy that got arrested for, he goes, Christy, you read that story on the air. I wrote it. I was like. You had a Ron Burgundy moment. Oh yeah. (laughs) Everybody knows Christy will read anything they put on that teleprompter. No, actually, Christy, joking aside. It was my Ron Burgundy yeah. moment. <laughs> I, I appreciate you making yourself vulnerable. You know, that's the key. Look, look, I'll, I'll tease this right now. I, on a, on a, another show, I just interviewed Tom Rennie, who's the CEO of Hockey Canada. Um, and we're going to share that episode on this channel. So our kids play hockey uh, fans. You, you're going to hear that episode. Both he and my co-host made themselves insanely vulnerable on that podcast. And I'm going to tell you this, this. This guy runs Hockey Canada. And he was willing to do that. That should tell you something about the future of sports. And again, Tom Rennie is a well-known NHL coach. He's won ma- many uh, international tournaments, WHL coach. Look forward to that, uh, sharing that episode because I, I learned a lot in that episode. But above all, look, I don't want to stay on this for the whole show. My point is you got to be present. You got you research what is present moment awareness. It will do you, your team, your kids, your family, a lot of good. It's something you have to practice. It is something that will be at the forefront of every athlete in the future. If you want to get ahead, that's how I'm trying to uh, lure you in with this, right? Go ahead. Yeah. And not just athletes. I mean, I do this, I do this and I work with the coaches I work with now. Like if you're, you're getting off the train, you had a hard, hard day at work. You had a fight with your wife, your kids weren't, your kids were late getting to the rink. All you, you need to bring yourself into a present moment because you can't allow that negativity to be the first thing that you experience when you step on the ice. I feel it. And I've gotten into a habit now where I kind of move myself to almost a different room or the rink and just say, okay, I'm going to bring this hour to my kids. I'm I, and I use, I use the analogy all the time to my kids. Like I want to enjoy practice. Like my goal is to have the most fun out here. The only way to do that is for you to have fun. So my goal is for you to have fun so I can have fun. Right. And, but you need to mentally put yourself in that place. Because if you're going to drag the, 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 the part of the day that, that was the most negative parts of the day to your first four minutes of practice, you see coaches, they'll do a drill. It, it might be the crappiest drill they've ever devised. And it was in, it, it was the, the, the conception of the drill was bad. Um, the implementation of the drill is bad. They didn't explain it properly. The kids mess it up. They lose their minds. They put the kids on the goal line and they skate them for the first 10 minutes of practice. And then you wonder why your practice stunk. And you wonder why nobody, you know, is happy about the skate. So you as a, as a, as a coach need to do this as well. You need to come in saying, I'm going to come in here with a, a better a positive attitude and yeah. I'm going to prepare yeah. you to help me have a great attitude today. Yeah. Parents too. Like, like, look, look, this is how I'll, I'll close this out is that uh, if you're willing to take the step into this world, you will be surprised. There are two minute exercises you can do to completely get yourself <clears throat> back to where you need to be. Uh, Christy talked about sometimes it's meditating and breathing. If that's not your jam, totally get it. Uh, what I like to do, guys, is I'll stare at something intensely for two minutes. All right. I mean, I'll go look at a leaf and look at the colors and the textures. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, look, when I start doing that process, if I'm really, really kind of uh, uptight, what's funny is I start and my brain will go, this is stupid. Don't do this. This is dumb. You don't want you know, you hear the voices and I, I kind of tell myself like, screw off. I'm, I got to do this two minutes and I can usually get myself kind of where I need to be. It might not last too long and I have to do it again, but I, I, I'm just personally saying this. I've studied this. Um, it's something I really believe in. Uh, I'm telling you top level athletes, top level people do this. Um, and that most people go through this should, this should scare a lot of you. Most people go through their lives 
their entire lives without recognizing present moment awareness. All right. It's, it's a, it's a key to a better life in a lot of ways. Um, so just a lot on that in this episode. So I want to move on. Um, and I want to get a little more into the, what people usually like, which is the kind of the tactics and the, the how to's and what you should do. So let's go back to the beginning. Your season got blown up. Things aren't working. All right. The conversation I had the other day, I don't know how we're going to get here. I don't know how we're going to get here. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to this power play. I don't, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's calm down for a minute. First thing I'll have a coach do or someone I'm working with. Let's just write it all out. Let's capture everything that you think is going to go bad and just write it all out. Okay, good. We got them all out. We wrote them all out. There's the seven things now we don't, we, we're, we're feeling danger zone with, right? Now prioritize them. Which is the most important thing? What's the second most important thing? Now we have a list. Okay, maybe the power play is not as important as our defensive, defensive zone coverage. I'm just going to keep this hockey rise. Okay, all right. Let's break it out. Explode it. What's the problem specifically with the defensive zone coverage? Now prioritize that. Okay. If you, if you can't tell, I'm just breaking it down to a fundamental level and chunking things together. If you approach all of your problems as a coach, again, this is parent, this is everything. If you approach all of your problems, they're going to overwhelm you and you will crash. It is just not possible for one man, one woman, or anybody to overcome them. It is possible for a team to overcome them though. You have to break them down, chunk them together, start with the fundamental base also, look at the age group you're coaching. One of the conversations uh, I've had about the 8U team is, you know, we're, we, we, and again, the coach has been really awesome about this. The first couple of games, giving them 10 things, 15 things to work on. You know, let's get it down to two. Two things we want to do good this game. Okay, not, not 10, right? Because the two will build into 10 eventually, right? Skate hard, make sure no one's behind you defensively. All right, so even at the pro level, we did this, all right? How do we start fundamentally and build from there? You can only take this one step at a time. No, no one can jump from zero to 10 immediately, right? And if you do, someone's been looking out for it, right? But Mike, I know you've been in this situation before where uh, both overwhelmed with a situation in the game, but also probably where you were able to step back and say, okay, uh, our defensive zone coverage is really bad. Let's just start in front of the net and build from there. Yeah, I mean, you got to break little things down and it gets, and then you have to fight, okay, do I want to, I want, I want to teach skill development. I want to teach the development of the, the player, but I also want them to have confidence in the game. So you might have to vacillate between, okay, this is probably a good time where you can chip the puck out off the glass, you know, which is like taboo, right? In, in today's game. Oh my God, don't ever, don't ever get rid of the puck. But there are times when you need relief and you need to teach the players. I don't need an intricate breakout. I need a simple play to center ice. I need you to step one, two, puck move, one, two, puck move. Little things where they can take that, digest it. If you're going to try doing it in a game, I, I, I just haven't really seen a lot of success with that at the youth level, like, like in-game adjustments. You know, we're going to change our scheme in the middle of a game. I just think it's a very hard thing to do, and, and, you, and you, you really need, uh, you know, at any level, you need an elite-level player. Like, you need the players that are at the top of their game right. at that age group in order to do that. But I think to go back to it, like, I, I don't, I, I can tell you right now, I, I haven't worked on a breakout in eight years. And I think my kids break out great. Yeah. And because yeah. They, they know how to move their feet, they know how to be active for a pass. They know how to accept the pass and they know how to give a pass. Fundamentals. So if you could do those, Fundamentals. You do those things, if you could do those things, you can go into any system. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I like, you know, one of the things I love about the players that hopefully that leave me, you can go to anybody's system and play within the role of that system because they can do all those little things that the system asks them to do. 
because it, because it could have a great system. If you can't skate, you can't pass, you can't get a puck off your backhand, right. you can't chip a play, you can't understand angles and zone coverage. Then you know, really, you're not you. You could be you could you could do all the cone drills in the world and give the kids places to go, but you're not you're not allowing them you know to find the the ability for them to play. And I think I think it's so you know breaking down. I know it, it. I guess fundamentals is the word, right? But it's really just you know doing simple things that you could do very, very well. Right. And as you progress, you can then start exploring other opportunities. And I think on, on top of it all, you, you have to be a coach that's willing to allow them to make those choices on their own and make those mistakes. Because if you're going to, if you're not going to teach the fundamentals and you're going to just teach systems and then they can't do it correctly because they don't have the fundamentals, then that's on you, not on them. You can't, you can't just say, well, you, you should like, I, I love that. The, the best part is like, Oh my God, you should know how to do this. Well, they don't. So you yeah. need to adjust. You need to like coach just, them. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, you know, why am I, why am I dealing with you 10 year olds? You don't even know how to pass. Well, a they're 10 and B then you need to adjust. This is the, this is the, the hand you were dealt. If you were dealt a hand of, of a bunch of 10 year olds that were the best passers in the world, then you right. adjust to their level of play. You don't try to get them to come to the level of play you think they should be at when they don't have the ability to do it. You know, I, I'm going to bring up yeah. this great story I just read. Christy, you're going to love this too. And, and I, want, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I was just reading about Steve Kerr. So for those who don't know, Steve Kerr is an American basketball coach right now. He's won several championships with the Golden State Warriors. Also won a lot of championships with the Chicago Bulls of the mid to late 90s. Um, and uh, th this is just a great story to support you, Mike. So um, when he was on the Bulls, keep in mind, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc, <laughs> Tim, these are all Hall of Fame basketball players, right? Um, the assistant coach on that team under Phil Jackson's name was Tex Winters. And he was a, a fundamental basketball coach. He created the triangle system, which is what, what the Bulls used to win. And Steve Kerr said he arrived with the Bulls. And at the start of practice, they're doing two-hand chest passes to each other. Then one-hand chest passes with the right hand, left hand. I'm sorry, left hand passes, not chest passes, with the other hand. And he got there. He says, this is Chicago Bulls. What are we doing this basic stuff for, Right. It was, and he, le he learned this. Tex Winters made them do fundamentals at the beginning of every practice. This is the greatest team in, in NBA history. Like, it's not arguably, it is the greatest team in NBA history, starting every practice with fundamentals because they understood the importance of that. And, and again, Steve Kerr took that and he's won a few times with the Golden State Warriors. All right. So you're never above it, ever. You're never above the fundamental side of the game. And the better your players are at that, the more they can execute the systems execute the plays that you put in place. Christy, let me throw it over to you. Cause I could see you wanted to say something and I accidentally cut you off. Oh no. Shop <laughs> in there guys. That's Come on. We're all friends. We're so here. friendly we here. Step on each other. We're so friendly here. I love it. <laughs> um, I just had a thought that sometimes it's, it's, and I've seen this with a couple of times with my daughter and son's teams. And, and I'll go back to one season where Joey's team just had a losing streak. And everyone was getting discouraged and it was causing tension among parents and among the kids. And we just couldn't wait for the season to get over. But we were in the middle of the season. The coach did something really smart. He hit the reset button. He hit the reset button. So we had another team bonding event. Um, the boys played laser tag, um, took them out for a, a hike somewhere, um, took them out for pizza. So they kind of got to know each other again without the helmets and the pads. And then he scheduled a game with a team that he knew uh, uh, wasn't quite at the level. Well, no. Those poor suckers. 
<laughs> no. And the coach of the other team wanted that because his kids were ready to play up. Got it. So they wanted some tougher competition to get them ready. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> You've redeemed and yourself. Our coach was very classy about it. Right. So as soon as our boys started pulling ahead, then he made them pull back and just work on your passing and don't no more scoring. You're done. But every single kid, all the forwards scored. And all of a sudden we saw a confidence level boost. Right. And they felt good about themselves again. I maybe you don't subscribe to that, but I have to tell you it worked. And then the next game, the boys were on fire. It just seemed like they reconnected and they felt good about them. That was a confidence booster. No, it, it sounds like he did it right. It sounds like he did no, that. I, I, and, yeah. and I and I and, and I do subscribe to that. I mean, it's the reason why NHL coaches get fired the day before the worst team in the league comes in to play them, right? Because they want to give the the new coach that leg up to have success. Because early, so that, that success just gets everybody kind of on board. Like, oh, look at the success. Well, we just played the worst team in the state, but but that doesn't matter. We we found a way to kind of have our confidence and our mojo back. Right. right. I, so I agree with you. I think it's a, you know, whether, and, but it's think about how hard it is at, at certain levels, like at, at, at Lee's level, right. You can't just inject another team in there. You have a schedule right. like, Oh my God, look at the schedule. Like there's no relief. Like we are the worst team in the league. Like who knows no relief for us, but to add in that team building exercise, something where they can have success, fun, laughing, whatever it is that, that enables them to forget about and, and be in the moment right? Forget about all the other stuff that's dragging them down and reset who they are and who they were back in September is great. It's a great strategy. And if you could find ways to do that as a youth coach, um, do it because it's better than, you know, Lee, you said it earlier about how, you know, coaches start thinking about, oh my God, how are we going to get to February and March if we don't improve these things? The other side of it is all the parents that say, Oh my God, I can't wait till February and March. So I can get the hell out of <laughs> here. The end. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, they're you're, already you're, thinking that in October. They're, they're starting to, oh my God, you know, oh, February's not that far away. I could just hold off for another little bit and I'll contact the other organization. Right. But well, I think, well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I think, but I think it's brilliant. I think it's, you know, it's really important to do that, uh, especially for young athletes to, to, for them to provide some type of success um right you know, to help them gain some confidence well and yes. here's, the, here's the two things that go along with this one is we should always define the word insanity which is if you keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result it's not going to happen the other metaphor yeah. i want to bring up is is and this isn't a happy metaphor but it's like drowning all right if you're drowning and you start panicking you're going to start going all over the place looking all over the place and it's not going to end well when you're drowning like a losing streak you got to locate the surface first off you got to find where the surface is and then move one arm move the other arm and start climbing up to the surface if you just panic it's going to go downhill very quickly all right so that that's the point is and again can i keep segueing here is you got to find out where you want to be and take some small steps to get there i love that uh your coach leaned on uh team building christy I, you know i'm a, obviously a huge believer in that all right. You know, and making sure that like, let's just find something else to do. All right. Again, look, if you're losing every game. Yeah. Look, it's, it's not easy. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, you can do it. Like, that's not what we're saying. All right. What we're saying is you've got to change it up and find a way. What is the next step? Obviously winning the a game is a huge step, 
all right, for some teams. What's the next step? What do we want to do better? Do we want to have a good period, all right, or really have a good shift if we're talking present moment awareness, but you got to start somewhere with that, right? And um, that brings us to the second to last topic. The last one will be really quick, but it's take it a step at a time and build it from a foundation. Don't rush, okay? You can't rush a lot of this stuff. Again, you, you want to be someplace with your power play, right, Mike? But you can't skip over the fundamental steps to have a good power play. You just can't do it. It's gonna it's gonna falter the whole season. You can sometimes duct tape some duct taped something together, all right. But the truth is this: if you really want to be good at something over time, you got to practice it. You got to find the fundamentals behind it. Um, you know, again, one of the major mistakes I see on power plays, coaches, is just other players not understanding what other players' roles are on the power play. They only understand their role. If you want to have a great power play, all five people on the ice need to know what the other four are doing all the time. That's what makes a great power play. Again, going to another sport. You look at what Tom Brady's doing with the Buccaneers, man. They're winning like crazy right now because they all know what they're doing. That's why the Patriots are good too. Side note, not a Patriots fan, not a Bucks fan at all, but I do respect the way that they, they are coached and the way they perform and the demanding of excellence from each and every player and coach on that team. So I just want to say, you got to take it a step at a time. You got to break it out, find the fundamentals, find the, the starting place to learn and make sure your players understand what they're doing. All right. Again, uh, skate hard. Why? I know as adults, we go, we know why we need to skate hard. Do the kids really understand why they need to skate hard? Is it just to appease you or is it better for offensive and defensive opportunities? Like, Mike, I'll give you a good example. And again, I'm putting you on the spot here. But like my team, uh, a couple of games had some problems clearing the puck out of the front of our net. Either they're not aggressive enough or they're just passing it through the middle, right? They're eight U. So I'm now my brain goes, okay, what can I suggest to the head coach of things we can do to a work on that, but also really, and this is the key, make the kids understand why we don't want to put the puck in the slot in our own zone. Again, Coaches, parents, yeah, it's obvious to us why we don't want to do that. These kids have never played that long. That's right. They haven't played that long. I need them to understand why you don't do it. Mike, what are your suggestions as superstar, you know, <clears throat> level five, you as a hockey coach that we all respect and love on this uh, situation? Yeah, no, well, that's, that's a big problem, right? I, I think we, I play, we play a lot of games like break the gate games. So if you kid, like there's a battle in front and the defenseman has to get the puck and throw it between two cones in the corners of the ring. So they idea. just have to turn, find the gate. If you, if you hit the gate, you get a goal. If you put the puck up the middle, you lose a point. And those, and the, the, you know, those competition pieces are huge because every kid wants to get the puck, throw it up the middle. It goes to the defenseman. It might as well be a pass. And then, and then you're, you're, you're causing your own demise. Like you're right. adding to the stress of the situation. The nice thing about a rink is it ends, right? There's, there's boards. It's, it's contained. You're not just throwing the ball in the puck up into the stands. You're actually putting it into a place where it's safe, gives you time. You talk about it all the time, right? It gives right. you time for space and, and, and an opportunity to regroup. And I think if, you know, young defensemen learn, put the puck in the corner. It's not up on the point where you have all this ice. It's in a very confined space. We have time again. I mean, one of the other aspects too, when you talk about, you know, skating hard, and I, I try to equate to the kids, like the quicker you get to the puck, the more time you have to then manipulate where you want the puck to go. If you're just going to kind of coast in by the time you get to the puck, that opportunity for you to do something with it is gone. Right. And I think that's right. where the hustle comes in. I don't think, I don't need you to hustle just to hustle because right. there's a lot of times where I don't want you to skate hard 
coming into the offensive zone. I want you to delay and I want you to create space by slowing the game down and looking for support. And, you know, there's a difference between being fast and being quick. And, you know, you could be quick and think about how you want to make the play. But if you're too fast and you get to an area too quickly, then you're just waiting. Right. So, you know, if you want to go, you know, using, you know, using our merge analysis, right. Or, or you know, analogy right. earlier, if you want to fight me all the way to the toll booth and I'm in the easy pass lane and you're in the change lane, but you beat me to the toll booth, but you don't have an easy pass right. and you're just sitting in the change lane and I'm passing you by saying, you know, I give Christie's, you know, sign and I'd be like, Hey, listen, that was a great job rushing there to get there. But you know, you didn't really, you, you didn't know that you didn't have the ability to keep moving. And I think that's where we want our hockey players to say, I love the fact that you're working hard, but understand that sometimes you've got to work smarter and quicker as opposed to just faster. But I think like for you, like if I have an eight U team, I listen, I do that with my 14 U team, you know, you get the puck, you can skate it, or you can put it through the gate. You have two options. Think about where you want to go. You want relief, put it in the gate, you win. And that's, and in the game you win. I like that, Mike. That's great. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, by the way, that was a great easy pass analogy. Uh, for anyone listening, not in the Northeast side of the United States or East Coast, easy passes are fast pass lane on the highways. So uh, it's sun pass in the, in the Florida. I forgot what it is out right. West, but they, they, they exist. Um, you know, that, that's going to bring us to the final, final, like a uh, little nugget here I have on this. And this is probably the most important thing, uh, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with present moments so present moment awareness. We all have to remember at the end of the day, this is just not the be all and end all of life when it comes to youth hockey. All right. It's important. It's important to our kids. We all love it. I'm not taking anything away from that, but it is not the be all end all of life. All right. There are p- parents, you know, you know, you know, you want to talk about struggle. You know, there's a single mother out there who just lost her job and has got to figure out what to do with her kid. That that's struggle. That that's adversity. All right. We, we just have to anchor ourselves like, you know, with with certain situations when things aren't going bad or good or bad in a youth hockey season, you, you got to bring it back down to earth. And, and, you know, especially if you're feeling so much anxiety and, and stress, bring it back down to earth. Hey, my kids are healthy. Right. I have a roof over my head. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. All right? I think it's good for you. I think it's good for your kids. I think it's important. The kids understand what they have and what they don't have. If you're playing hockey. You're most likely in a fortunate situation. Most likely, not everybody. All right. Bring it back down to earth for your kids. It's good for them. Uh, you can't, no one can be intense all the time in a healthy way. Right. It's very hard to do that anyway. So I'm just saying that. Just remember this at the end of the day, everyone on the show, everyone listening, we love the game. <laughs> probably, probably more than most things that aren't human, but it's not the be all end all of your life. Right. And be kind, <laughs> be, be kind right. to each other and to the kids, um, you know, be very easy to be in the stands and yell things out when you think a kid isn't performing up to your kid's level. Um, and maybe they're messing things up. Let them mess it up. Let the yeah. coach handle that. You don't need all those biting, sarcastic comments from the stands. They're very hurtful because I was on the receiving end uh, of them. Um, when Sophia just started on a travel ice hockey team and there was a dad who was brutal. He didn't think that she was worthy of the team. And uh, he was nasty yelling things out to her and I'm sitting right next to him and I look over and I said, that's my kid. Well, she doesn't belong on this team. Go back to a house team. 
Well, she proved him wrong, obviously, and I had to kind of bite my tongue and get that Italian temper in check. Yeah. yeah he was Ooh, in the change booth on the really highway. Tested it. He was yeah. really tested it. But, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So, you know, parents, please um, be supportive. You know, if, if there's a kid who isn't what you think uh, worthy of the team, you know, not playing up to the level, uh, keep your mouth shut, you know, be quiet, just be supportive. Okay, we don't need that, you know. And as my father would have said, and it looks like crap. Why are you doing that? It looks terrible. <laughs> like just... Just be there, be there for your kids and be, be there, you. you know, be there for, be there for the other kids. I mean, you're there, you're on a team. You're all, we, we talk about all the time. Oh, we're a family. We're a team. Imagine parents on your own team. Yeah. I mean, this like, like, you know, just, it just be, be aware of the fact that you can, if you're supporting other people's children and your children at the same time, that right. only benefits you be selfish. It benefits yeah. you be that person. And, 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 you know, like I say to the kids, like just this weekend, I, t I told a bunch of my players, you know, passing, working hard, back checking, those are all contagious things. And, 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 and being a good parent in the stands and being supportive and being, you know, positive, those are all contagious too. When you find the person that wants to step up and do those things, when you find that one superstar on the ice that passes the puck more than anyone else, it becomes contagious. Everyone else wants to be like him or her and do those things. So be that person. That's great. That's a great way to finish yeah. it off, Mike. I agree. Chris, you got anything else? Sorry. Oh, no. Um, okay. And so the next day with that dad at the next practice, and there were a group of these dads who were just know-it-alls. I bought them all coffee and handed it to them. And I said, Love it. have a nice day. I, lo <laughs> I love killing with kindness. It's one of killing my with kindness. Things. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I got your number. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. There's not something nice and proving someone wrong in that way. All right. But uh, look, if you've made it all the way through this episode, through this journey with us, we appreciate it again. We kind of wing this one, but it, as always, great conversation, uh, great stuff for coaches, great stuff for parents. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to challenge us on any of these topics, we completely welcome that. Like we said earlier in the show, communication is really important and we do want to communicate with you. So feel free to email us at team and our kids play hockey, comment on any of the social media posts. If you're listening to this on social media or just get in contact with us, however you want. This is an open-ended conversation. We're just three hockey parents and two coaches and a news anchor. Pretty good prerequisites. I'll think about it, but enjoy it. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, for Christy Cashiano, Burns, and Mike Pinelli, I'm Leo Elias, and this has been another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Check us out at ourkidsplayhockey.com or wherever podcasts can be heard. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful season. We'll see you next week.